The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Remain standing and let's get into the Word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will remain forever. Acts chapter 2. Find verse 22, reading from the New King James. Pastor Alex, Brother Toby, team, choir. Praise God. Appreciate you. Just a little bit of heaven this morning. There is before God, as you're turning to Acts chapter 2, before the throne, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there is a worship service that's taking place. And I think we just entered in just a little bit. Acts chapter 2, we stand in honor of the Word of God. We're going to read verse 22 through 39. Are you ready? Men of Israel... Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put him to death, whom God raised up. I love what the NIV, it puts a big butt right there. But God raised him up, says the NIV. Loose the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I might not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You've made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you, the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, And knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being a high, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what must we do to to be saved? And Peter said to them, Repent 
Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, to your children, and to all whom are afar off, as many as the Lord God will call. Father, we thank and praise you for your word, a lamp unto a feet, a light upon our path. Lord, thank you that Peter's message preached all by itself. But I ask that you would give us each and every one living understanding that when we cross over the threshold of the doors this afternoon, when the service is over, we'll have been touched by heaven, touched by your word, transformed into even a greater likeness of you. Oh God, move in power, move in power and release all that's in your heart in Jesus' holy and precious name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Again, we do have notes for you. If you've not been baptized, I want to encourage you. If you've given your heart to Jesus and you've been coming to church, you want to follow the Lord in the command to be baptized, you sign up on the baptism sheet out there and you come at 5 o'clock and we'll bring you through a lesson. And on the other side of these blinds is a, a small tank by which we will baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I'll be doing the baptisms tonight, looking forward to a great time to get baptized on Easter. If you've not done that, I'd encourage you to do it. As we read in your hearing this text, Acts chapter 2, it's a message of Peter on the day of Pentecost. And he's preaching about the resurrection, the death and resurrection of Jesus. And that historical fact has basically affected all of human history even though it happened some 2,000 years ago. It shaped all of human history, really. Now, if you don't have notes, we'd encourage you to fill those in. We printed them for you. It'll help you remember what's preached to you. But I would to God that he would come with his own finger and write on the fleshly tablets of your heart today that what is preached would change your life forever. Resurrection Sunday is not about Easter eggs as much as I like them. It's not about the Easter bunny, which is really a picture of fertility and some nonsensical Eastern mysticism. And we're not, we're not doing all of that. Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, not about jelly beans. I did find out the, the origin of jelly beans today. How many of you know the origin of jelly beans? I found out that they're actually unicorn droppings. That's what, I, that's, what a, that's what a child told me. They're unicorn scat. And, uh, no, no, today is about the fact that Jesus is no longer in a tomb. He's alive. He lives. Come on, say he lives. He lives. What's fascinating to note is as the Passover would take place, now sometimes our calendar and the Jewish calendar line up at this time. This year they don't. Passover for Jew, also called Pesach, starts April 22nd. But how many of you know that Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, as John the Baptist said, and he is the, 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 the conclusion of all the types and shadows in the Old Testament? 
who takes away without the shedding of blood. There is no forgiveness of sin, no remission of sin. So Jesus, when he was crucified, he was crucified on Passover. He was crucified at the same time a Jew would take the lamb to, to one for every household, bring it to the priest so they could slaughter the lamb. The, between 12 and 3, it's a specific time that a Jew had to bring a lamb in celebration of the Passover, by the way, celebrating what God did out of Egypt. He brought his people out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. The final plague is the death of the firstborn. And the, the, the death angel would pass over the home that had a blood, the blood of a lamb on the doorpost and lentils of their house. Doorposts and lentil. Does that make a picture for you? It's a picture of the cross. And so when they celebrated Passover, they're celebrating that the death angel passed over. So when Jesus was crucified on Passover, at the very same time, the lambs were, this is history. This is what happened. So Jesus was crucified the same time they're killing a lamb for every household. God himself had a lamb. The lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world and he was crucified and, and, and hung on a cruel Roman cross. And three days later, he got up. And that's why the celebration changed from Friday sundown the, the Sabbath changed for the New Testament church from, from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. That's the Sabbath still celebrated by, by Jews today. The Sabbath changed for them and they moved the Lord's Day to Sunday because Sunday, the tomb, was empty. He ascended, or we're right in the notes now, he ascended and commanded his disciples to stay in Jerusalem Till they're endued with power, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Fifty days after Passover is the Feast of Pentecost. And it's the Feast of Pentecost where Peter is preaching right here. It's the Feast of Pentecost. And Jews and proselytes and people from the far-flung corners of the world would travel to Jerusalem to celebrate these feasts. Three times a year, uh, a Jewish man would have to come and frequently bring his family to celebrate these festivals, and they would come at Passover. They'd come here at Pentecost, and Pentecost is where Peter comes out and he preaches this message, and we want to take a look at this text. It's, the, it's a section of the great preaching of the Apostle Peter. Peter explains what had happened, that Jesus is miracle worker, God's only son, the Christ, Christ means the anointed one. It's in, in Greek, the Christ. Jesus Christ is not his last name. I thought it was his last name. Anybody ever think that Christ, Jesus, Jesus Christ. I remember when somebody was witnessing to me, do you love Jesus? I'm like, his name's not Jesus. His name is Christ. And they're like, what? Anyway, I've learned now that Christ is his title. A name above every other name. And so Peter preaches about Jesus, and the core of his message is found right here in verse 23 and 24. Look at it with me, please. Him being delivered by determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. Come on, God knew what he was doing. You have taken by lawless men. You study about the court case of Jesus of Nazareth. They broke more of their own laws to, to see him uh, basically crucified. So you've crucified and put him to death. And I, I do like the NIV. It says, but I just like when it says, but God. Or it came to pass. I like that too in scripture. 
But God raised him up. He preached the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. It's the core of his whole message. And then he begins to tell how this resurrection was not by chance accident. And it's not a chance accident in the chance universe, and neither are you. And you didn't rise from the primordial slime. God made you. God loves you. He's got a plan for you. And you'll see that the disciples of Jesus witnessed the fact that he came back to life in verse 32. Verse 32, this Jesus God has raised up of which we are all witnesses. In other words, they saw it. When you call a witness in a court of law, they saw what happened. So he's saying, we saw the fact that he was crucified and he got up. We're witnesses of it. And they couldn't shut up. They couldn't stop talking about it. And the result of his preaching is that 3,000 people believe on Jesus. And when you look at this, you realize that the resurrection is basically the central theme of all Christianity. I'm shocked and amazed, aghast to actually hear. It's reported that in much of the Western church, they don't talk about the blood. They don't talk about the cross. They don't talk about his death. They don't talk about his suffering. And they don't talk about his resurrection. It's not popular Eat my flesh, drink my blood, Jesus said. And many disciples left him. Not a popular teaching. Come and die. <laughs> yeah, you're not laughing. Yeah, that's really what he's inviting you to do. Come and have life evermore. But first you've got to come and surrender yours. And many people never walk in the victory that Jesus has because they never really surrender. They're still They're still twitching. Half, half in, half out, tormented. The resurrection is the central theme of Christianity, and it is the centerpiece of all apostolic preaching. I want to take you through some of these scriptures in the book of Acts. You'll find, in fact, any time the gospel is preached, Jesus Christ is preached crucified and resurrected. And I would venture to say, if you're going to a, to a, to a meeting, a church meeting, and you don't hear that at some point during the service, something's wrong. Acts chapter 3. Come on, take a journey with me. Acts chapter 3, verse 14. You disowned the holy and righteous one, reading from the New International Version, and asked that a murderer be released to you, that's Barabbas. Verse 15. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and were witnesses. Jesus crucified, resurrected. Acts chapter 4, verse 10. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, this is verse 8, pardon me. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said, Rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for this act of kindness shown to this man who was lame and now being, now being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. You need to know this today on this Resurrection Sunday. The reason that you can find heaven your home when you breathe your last is because Jesus was crucified and he was raised again to life. The reason that you can be healed of cancer, healed of disease, healed of every ailment, the reason that you don't have to be depressed today, the reason that you can be free from addiction today, the reason that you don't have to be afflicted today is because Jesus was crucified for all of those sins. Even a thorn, a crown of thorns pressed into his head, a picture of mental anguish. He died for you. 
you, rose again from the grave for you. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be oppressed. You don't have to be addicted. You don't have to be afflicted. You can be free because Jesus died and rose again. Can you say amen? <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, Whoa! Come on, Acts chapter 5. Let's keep going. Acts chapter 5 and verse 30. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgiveness of sins. We're witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given those who obey Him. I mean, it is amazing. The reason you can be saved, healed, and set free is His death, His resurrection, and then you become a witness yourself. And listen to this. The Holy Spirit does signs, wonders, and miracles. Why? Not so He could be a sideshow to some stupid little Christian game. He does it to say, I did it. I've defeated sickness and death. And that which came through the first Adam, I took through the last Adam. I am the king forevermore. I have defeated hell, death, and the grave. And that's what they preach. Come on, look, say with me, he's alive. He's alive. That was pretty good. Let's try that one more time. One, two, three. Again, I'll feel some power up in here. Come on, one, two, three. This devil's running everywhere. I, 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 I. See you later. There goes sickness. He's alive. Turn to Acts chapter 10 or look on the screen. Acts 10, verse 39. We're witnesses of everything he did, everything, everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God has already chosen. It's fascinating how God does that. By us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. I wouldn't mind being at that Easter lunch dinner, the resurrection dinner, where you sit and you talk with the master. As he tells you, I told you, I told you he was going to do it. And he's like, yeah, he did. Wow. And he commanded them to preach to people and testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. Verse 43, all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. There is no other name given among men, by which you must be saved. The name of Jesus, every knee will bow, and every tongue confess. You say, well, my knee is not going to bow. Oh, yes, it is. Now, either your knee, listen to me closely now, your knee will either be bowing in adoration and worship, or bowing and shaking your fist in anger, but you're going to bow. Without the resurrection of Christ, there really is no Christianity, you know. Amen. Acts 13, let's go back up to point five. Acts 13, verse 29, they carried all that is written about him. They took him down from the cross. It's Acts 13, verse 29, now verse 30. But God raised him from the dead. 
And for many days, verse 31, he was seen by those who traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 17, the apostle Paul says to the church in Corinth, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then your faith is futile. In other words, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then this is all stupid. Wow. So without the resurrection of Christ, there's no Christianity. The resurrection of Jesus is a historical event. And I found this. I found that it actually takes more faith to try to think that he didn't rise from the dead than to have faith that he did. In fact, you just have to be flat out blinded by the devil. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says the God of this age has blinded people from the glorious light of the gospel. And many people don't see the truth because it's veiled. And I remember when I first heard the gospel, I first heard about Jesus' death and resurrection. Didn't affect me one bit. But then over the course of time, the people praying and the sovereignty and the blessing and the grace of God, my eyes were open. I remember having received him, I was driving home, every single telephone pole was a cross. Everywhere I looked was the cross. Every time I, I looked at my front door, there's a cross. I saw crosses on people's necks. I saw crosses everywhere. Everything was a cross. I'm like, oh my gosh, he died for me. You know, it's like the veil got lifted. You know, your family, or maybe you're here, or maybe under the sound of my voice, you're not right with God. God wants to save you today. He wants you to believe on Him today. He wants your sins to be forgiven. And He waits for you with open arms. Come on, say, He's alive. He's alive. Historical event. Peter said, we're all witnesses. My father was a lawyer for 51 years. And so I grew up in the time that he was in my life, and then afterwards, always talking about court cases. I remember going to see him uh, in a trial. It was one of the most dramatic experiences of growing up and seeing my father. I mean, he became like somebody else, just a gifted attorney, a, a, a gifted trial lawyer. And they had witnesses, and the witnesses would weigh in on what was seen or what happened and so on and so forth. They're talking about Peter and all the apostles would talk about how they're witnesses. It's like a court of law, really. I told you that it would take more faith for you to believe that he didn't rise from the dead than it did. And I, I'd like to, than, than, it do, than he did rise from the dead. Does that make sense? I mean, so many people are filled with unbelief, but let's just take some logic. Let's just think, think critically here for a moment. All of the apostles, except for John, died a martyr's death. Everyone except John. And he was boiled in oil. Boiled in oil and then he lived. All the others martyred. Hung upside down because they counted themselves not worthy to die in the same way that Jesus did. Now I'm just saying, if you're pulling some kind of a stunt where you're lying... When it comes down to the gun being at your head, you're going to change your mind. Amen. Unless, of course, they're totally deceived. People will not die for a lie they know is a lie. Just telling you, they're not going to die for a lie they know is a lie. But they will die for a lie that they don't know is a lie. Hence, human bombers. People that blow themselves up in the name of Allah, which is not our God, by the way. 
they're totally deceived and feel that they're going to get some reward out of it. In Christianity, they're talking about them being witnesses. I, I was just in Jerusalem in November. And the amazing thing to me, and I equated it to being like downtown Palmer. Well, still is a little bit spread out. But I mean, if you're standing at downtown Palmer, you could go to the coffee store, you could walk to Fred Meyer, you could walk to, you could go get a sandwich if you wanted to over at Subway, you could get a coffee at Kaladi Brothers. You could walk over to the police station and talk to the police if you wanted to. You could walk all over downtown Palmer. That is the way Jerusalem is. Everything is within walking distance, really. So when they said we're witnesses and that they saw him rise from the dead, you could walk to the tomb. It's not like, oh, it's in Anchorage. It was right there where they killed him, where the tomb was. Do you know that there's some morons that say this? They say there's these theories like the wrong tomb theory. That really Jesus didn't rise from the dead. They got the wrong tomb. They picked the wrong one because he's really buried in another one, and that's not the one that he was really buried in. So when they went there, of course there's no body because it's the wrong tomb. How stupid can you be in brief? I mean, that attributes, that attributes the, the apostles, the disciples, as total idiots. It also attributes the Roman army as being completely inept at, at killing. And let me just tell you, nobody killed better than the Romans. There's no one in all of history that knew how to take care of somebody and know whether they were dead or not. No, no, no. Jesus was dead. It attributed, it attributed Herod. I mean, all, all of the players, it attributes them to being foolish and stupid and so on and so forth. Because all they had to do is, listen, if it's the wrong tomb, and they say, he's risen, the tomb is empty, then produce the body. They just bring the body. No, 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 he's not. Here's the body. Now shut up. Yeah, but there was no body because he got up. There was a man uh, that spoke at our governor prayer breakfast uh, a couple years ago. His name is Josh McDowell. He wrote a book called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. If you've never read it, I'd encourage you to read it. Listen, what we're doing is not some fictitious thing where we're just playing a little patty cake and having some tradition at some corner, you know, and just going, well, isn't this nice? It's just, I used to go to church, and so I still go to church. No, 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 no. We're, we're doing something very significant. We're worshiping the King of Kings who died on a cross and rose again from the grave. Jesus is alive. And there's the only way you can look at the, the, at the Apostle Peter. Here, he denied the Christ, right back in your notes. He denied the Christ, and he, and he put his life on the line by preaching Jesus as a risen Lord. It's the only way you can say, what? Something happened to him. How do you go from a cursing fisherman to being on fire preaching, not worrying about whether they take your life, and then 3,000 people get saved? What happened to him? What happened to the cursing, runaway Peter? Simple. He saw Jesus. My, my, my. The other disciples have moved from hiding to boldly proclaiming Jesus. Why? They all saw him. Jesus is alive. And the people that he was preaching to, they all knew it was true. Like I said, everyone could walk to the empty tomb. And the tomb stands empty as an enigma. You cannot get away from the empty tomb. We went into the garden tomb, and I, I stood there. We were weeping. My wife's weeping. I was there with a tour from the church, and we'll do that again next February, a little less than a year. If you want to be a part of that, we'll go. It's life-changing. 
I'm just telling you, after I went to Israel, my Bible never read the same. Nothing's the same. Everything changed for me. And some of you that went, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. You read things like the stronghold of Zion. I'm standing there on it. You look at the broad wall of Nehemiah while you're standing in the city of Jerusalem. I mean, it, uh, the whole Bible comes to life when you go there. And it feels like you went home or something. It's, it's very unusual. We went to the garden tomb and many people were weeping and waiting to go in to see the tomb. You could go in. You could go in it. And so they said, okay, so you're going to go in the tomb, about six of you at a time. And then once you've seen it, you can take pictures and you come on out. So I went in the tomb. I'm thinking, I've waited for this moment ever since I knew that there was a tomb and I understood and I gave my heart to Jesus. I couldn't wait to be inside that tomb. I went inside the tomb and I went with the six people and it's a lot bigger than six people. So I kind of backed up against the wall and I lifted my hands and I looked at that place where Jesus' body was. I lifted my hands and began to thank him that it, I was also dead and he raised me up. I began to thank him about what he's done in my life. And, and I kind of opened my eyes as I'm weeping and my tour is gone. And I realized God all over me like, a, like the power and the fire of the Spirit as I'm inside the tomb. And I'm weeping and I realize there's a higher law at work. Let the tours come and go. There's room for a seventh guy. That's me. Praise God. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay up in that place. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I was trying to behave myself, and I think I did. I'm not sure. I was overwhelmed. It's overwhelming. Because he's not dead. He's alive. Say it again. Say he's alive. The gospel story is true. All right. How does the resurrection affect us today? Well, the first thing is, as we begin to conclude this message, is we can be forgiven. We can what? We can be forgiven. Listen, you can want to be forgiven. You can hope to be forgiven. You, even if you ask to be forgiven just by asking, you're not forgiven unless it's forgiven based upon the death of Jesus. That is the only way you can be forgiven. There is no other way. There's no other way. You can offer your body to the flames and give all that you have to the poor. It won't work. There's nothing you can do. You could, it, it's not going to make you born again, washed in the blood. It's not going to make you a Christian with your name uh, in the Lamb's Book of Life any more than if you stood in your stinking garage would make you a guitar. Uh, uh, it's not going to make you a guitar. Well, uh, a car. You could stand in your garage. It doesn't make you a car. Any more than coming to church makes you a Christian. I've said it before, but you could get baptized tonight, have baptismal waters dripping off your face, and still split hell wide open. Salvation doesn't come because you've done some religious thing or gone to church or tithed or given or walked somebody across the street or even died for the cause. It only comes by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Many people are just been reduced to religious goers, you know, churchgoers with no life, no fire, no passion, no zeal, no triumph. But God has it for you. You just have to surrender. Like I said, he's inviting you to come die today so that you can have, there's no resurrection without the death. You can't be forgiven without Jesus and the resurrection. The second thing I see is that heaven's our home. 
You're just passing through. We're strangers passing through this place. Pilgrim, says the Apostle Paul. A pilgrim. Our life is but a vapor, he says. We're, we're passing through. This momentary light affliction that you're going through in your life right now. That's what he calls it, momentary light affliction. is working for you a far exceeding weight of glory. There is a place called heaven. There is a place where the throne is. And you are able to go and have access because Jesus died in your place so that you don't have to. You can be forgiven and heaven is your home. Keep that in mind. Be eternity-minded. Keep a light touch on all the things that are around you. A light touch on, on, on mammon. We're so bombarded by media. We're so bombarded by the things of the world. So bombarded about getting the stuff on the newest thing. And come on, watch out that you don't grip onto that stuff. Know that, come on, heaven is your home. Let your heart be there. Some of you don't get it. Your treasure's here. It's all going to burn. Come on, smile at me. Say, praise God. And we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Can be filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. It's what gives you power to resist the devil. Power to be, the, be a witness. He wants to testify through you by His Spirit. The life of God will flow through you because Jesus died and Jesus rose again from the grave. We can be healed. Come on, say we can be healed. We can be healed, delivered from demon power and have God's new life flowing through us. Listen, I, some of you, some of you are tormented at night. Some of you are struggling with demon power. Say, who is it? Listen, you just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. You don't have to be tormented. Listen, if you're angry all the time, you probably got the devil on you. If you're just spitting mad all the time, there's something wrong. You probably got bitterness and unforgiveness. If you have no joy in your life, you can be healed of that. And if you're mad at me right now, it's because you've got some bondage. Yeah, you're trying to smile. You're trying to smile. Now, you say, I'm not mad at him. Shut up. I had, I had a young man say to me just the other day, being very transparent, he says, I think I have some bondages. I said, well, that's all right. You know, Jesus never made fun of anybody for having bondages. I'll tell you what's a shame, to have them and keep them. That's sad. And not be honest. Because of Jesus' death, resurrection, we can be forgiven. Heaven is our home. And we can have the, the power of God heal us and set us free from demonic bondages. This young man says to me, I think I have some bondage. I said, well, okay, why do you say that? He says, because when you're preaching, I get really mad at you. I thought, that would be a good indication. One of the ways I knew I had financial bondage is every time they took the offering, I just wanted them to hurry up, shut up, and get on with the good stuff. Can we get to the word now? Can we not take the offering now? Can you just like... I had, I had, pro I had problems. I had a spirit of poverty. Had to break that thing. Listen, because of what Jesus has done, his death, his resurrection, you can be free. Don't ever tolerate what Jesus has set you free from. Let me run that through one more time. 
Don't tolerate what Jesus died and rose again for the grave to deliver you from. Don't, 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 don't become some religious person reducing your walk to just church going every so often. Don't be a creaster. So you go to church Christmas and Easter. Listen, some of you don't go to church except on Easter. I rebuke you. Stomp it. Stop. Stop. Serve God with all your heart. It's so worth it. Oh, it's so worth it. Serving God with everything you got, you'll really be satisfied. Actually, there's nothing else that will satisfy you. You might have been noticing that. That might be why you're a little irritated. Come on, smiling. You say, I'm so glad I came to church at Easter. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We'll have a new body. I like that. Get a glorified body. Praise God. I, I like saying this. So when I get to heaven, I'm just, my glorified body's just like ripped. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes! Hallelujah! <laughs> you know, we, th- we, th- we think glorified, but it's a glorified body. I think actually maybe the Lord might have a sense of humor. <laughs> that when we get to heaven, it's, everybody's just huge. Like, you know what I mean? Like all broke. <laughs> Goblet in their hand. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! I don't know, but I know we do get a new body. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. And lastly, as the worship team comes, I know we're not sick anymore. Come on, somebody say praise God. I know we don't pain anymore. No more tears anymore. No more bondage. No more bondage. Now I'm free from the enemy. Because who the sun sets free is free indeed. No more bondage, just glorious liberty. No more bondage. No more bondage. Now I'm free from the enemy Cause who the Son sets free Is free indeed No more bondage Just glorious liberty Anybody know it? Come on, anybody know it? No more bondage Now I'm free from the enemy Grab a mic Cause who the Son sets free is free indeed no more bondage just glorious liberty listen listen i'll have to be sick no more don't have to be poor no more don't have to be bound no more by the enemy because who the sun sets free yes is free indeed no more bondage just glorious liberty go on sing it again no more no more bondage no more bondage now i'm free now i'm now i'm free from the enemy because who the sun sets free is free indeed no more bondage just glorious liberty i don't have to be sick 
Don't have to be sick no more. Don't have to be poor no more. Don't have to be bound no more by the enemy. Cause who the Son sets free is free indeed. No more bondage, just glorious liberty. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Come on, put your hands up and worship God. Ah-ha! Yay! Thank you, Lord. Can you learn that one, Pastor Alex? We need to learn that one later. Just play on the black keys. Somebody say hallelujah. The last point for all of you note takers is we can live holy. You can live holy. We can live holy because of what Jesus has done. Amen. We're going to take communion. Ushers, would you help us? Begin to prepare your heart. Ushers, come on up and begin to serve. Nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
little monitor right here. in the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 to not take the Lord's Supper which is what we're about to do in an unworthy manner for in so doing you will drink judgment on yourself oh, I wish you told me that before we passed out the elements yeah sorry but it's still true so we want to make sure that you don't receive the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner Well, how would you do that 
Well, by holding on to your sin, that which you know is wrong. God's convicted you of it, and you know you're going to go right back out and can't hardly wait to do it. And you're going to run right back out and do that thing. You do not want to take communion. You do not want to eat this cracker and drink this juice, which is all it is. They're symbols. We don't believe in transubstantiation as in some some circles and some uh, Catholic church, so on and so forth. They believe that during this time, during the Mass, that this supernatural thing happens where it becomes the actual body and the actual blood. We don't believe that. There's nothing in Scripture to say that. And it's really that you would be crucifying Christ every Sunday or every time you did it. No, they're just powerful symbols. Powerful. And Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. In the same way, he took the cup and he blessed it. He says, this is the cup of the new covenant, my blood, which is shed for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And so what he's asking us to do right now on this Resurrection Sunday is do this in remembrance of him. What does that mean? That means we remember that he died for our sin. And we not only remember it, we, we respond to that and say, Lord, forgive us for where we've blown it. Come on, just do that right now. Lord, forgive me for where I've grieved you. Lord, where I didn't heed your voice. As the Bible says, Lord, for the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. God, forgive us for where we've fallen short. For greed, perhaps. Forgive us, wash us, cleanse us. For where we were not Christ-like in our words. We didn't respond with love. Lord, forgive us, wash us, cleanse us. And listen, you fill in the blank. Whatever you got going on, be honest. So we remember that he died and he rose again. We remember that it is by his stripes that we're healed. So you, you remember, oh, yeah, his death, his resurrection brings healing to me. So you receive that right now. Come on, healing and salvation are together. Lord, thank you for healing. Release healing right now. In Jesus' name. And lastly, as the New Testament church would say, they would say Maranatha, which means even so come, Lord Jesus. We're saying, God, we remember... Do this in remembrance of me as often as you do this. We're remembering, one, he died on the cross, rose again so we could be forgiven. Two, we're remembering this by his stripes were healed. And then three, we remember he's coming back. He's returning for his church. And that has yet to come, but I think the time is closer than when we first believed. Can you say amen? So, Lord, we thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for healing. And we thank you and say, Maranatha, even so, come, Lord God. And we pray these things and receive them in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's eat and drink together. Well, hallelujah. The crackling sound you hear is plastic cups being broken, which is not doctrine or anything like that. It is a tradition that started here about 10 years ago preached a message on how he breaks every curse and every bondage. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. And we smashed a cup all those years ago, and it just sort of stayed. So you do not have to smash your cup. Come on, give God the praise right now. Amen. Would you be seated for just a moment? I want to show you a video, and then we're going to receive an offering as we do every Easter. It's our resurrection offering. I want to show you a video from Dr. James Morocco. He's our senior pastor over all of our works worldwide, 120 some odd works. 
in all sorts of nations all around the world, and all of them are doing this today on, on Easter Resurrection Sunday. Would you please bring your attention to the screens as they dim the lights? Thank you. Praise God, today is Easter. It's Resurrection Sunday. Every Easter we receive a special offering. It ties in with the Old Testament command to Israel not to come before the Lord empty-handed on the Passover festival. But for us, who have experienced salvation through our Lord's death and resurrection, it has even greater meaning because it's a time of expressing our faith. Every year, my wife and I write down on the envelope what we are believing God to bring new life to. And then we put in that envelope a large gift to the ministry. It is a seed planted in God's kingdom, an act of faith tied to what we are asking God for, which is written on the envelope. Every year, God in his mercy has honored our faith and has done numerous miracles for us in answer to our prayer and sacrifice. May the Lord do the same for you as you give in the resurrection offering. Amen. Ushers, would you help us, please? We're going to pass out these envelopes for those of you that want to participate. Again, we've done this every year, and we do it all over the world. We're one church in many locations, and just so excited about the many testimonies that I've, I've heard over the years about how God has come through for people as they sacrificially give and believe God. You know, there's a number of ways I know how to have breakthrough. I've been taught over the couple decades of serving God now. Fasting and prayer is one way that you can bring a tremendous breakthrough to your life. We have survived and thrived and even broken through because of fasting and prayer. If you don't have that as a part of the arsenal of your walk with the Lord, I would encourage you to add that. Another way is through giving. And you can give and release breakthroughs in unprecedented ways. And I, I mean it. Otherwise, I wouldn't stand up here. We're not playing a game. This is not a game. God's, it was God's idea for God so loved the world that he gave and look, what, look at the harvest he reaped you're here because of it so we're going to go ahead and receive a special offering just to move the vision forward we are in the midst of a, a building project plans are just about done so thankful for you all who are faithful tithers and givers and those of you even sacrificially given amen Praise the Lord. Don't miss tonight, uh, 6 o'clock tonight. Pastor Kirsten Davis is going to be preaching. Going to do baptisms. If you want to get baptized, just make sure you sign up on the sheet. Be here at 5 o'clock for the class. Bring some clothes to change into, something modest. Say something modest to wear in the tank. Amen. Hallelujah. Ushers, would you come, please? The presence of the Lord's here. Let's pray. Father, we thank and praise you for the privilege we have that you would actually partner with us. Even as David wanted to build you a house, you wouldn't let him, but you let him do all the giving so his son could do it. God, thank you that 
that you would partner with the likes of us, that you would use us, that we would even be like a conduit, Lord, to release provision, to see the building go forward, to see the, the gospel preached, to see souls reached. God, we're here to reach the lost at any cost. And thank you that we've outgrown our building. And thank you that it will sustain us into the time that we move to the new one. And Lord, meet every need, everyone that's written down on those those lines and needs. Bring new life, bring breakthroughs, bring forth life into dead situations and circumstances and relationships. God, thank you. I bless the gift and the giver multiply many times over in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. As we sing high, we sing high, we sing Before we close, I want you to bow your heads all across this place. And I know we took communion, but I'm just pressed to be sure that if you are not right with God, do not leave this place without being reconciled to Him. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. To make it plain, you must be forgiven in order to make it to heaven. And the Bible says to as many as believed on Him, He gave them the right, the authority to become children of God. You don't make it to heaven by any other way but by Jesus. I hope I've made that clear. His death, His resurrection. So before we close, are you right with God? Have you ever surrendered to Him? And if you haven't, won't you do it today? Won't you do it right now? Give your heart to Him for the first time. Or maybe you drifted in your walk with the Lord and you know you're not right. Then recommit. Recommit to Him. He's the only one that's satisfied. He's the one that you're looking for. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to Him. Or maybe the devil just lies to you. He lies to you and you're not sure if you're really saved. And you want to be sure today. On the count of three, you want to get right with God first time or a recommitment. Or thirdly, you just want to be sure. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. My goodness. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. All on this side. I see that hand. Raise your hand high. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. God bless you all the way in the back, son. God bless you right there. I see that hand. Over on this side, all the way in the back. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, praise God. 
Somebody ought to get excited. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. Pray this with me right out loud. All across this place, pray and then we'll close. Father, thank you. Say, Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray your touch. Fill. Break every bondage and every chain. Release your power, God, upon these and all who will even hear this message at a later date. All those online. Release a wave of your power your spirit on this day. Fill them full of your spirit. The signs and wonders. Give them a hunger for the word, a hunger for the things of God. Lord, we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's close. Saturday will be our first Saturday night service. We've done that to make room. Thank you for all of your patience with the children's facilities for capacity. We're capacity nearly every weekend. So we opened up Saturday at 6 o'clock. We'd invite you to come. You want to make that your service, you come on. Let's close. Father, thank you, Lord, for your grace and for your goodness. Lord, bless your people. I pray, cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep us, oh God, and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Sign up for baptism if you haven't done that just yet. We love you. Praise God. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.